Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Hey, take your Bibles out and turn over to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Uh, because we often don't know what happens in the other services. We had two baptisms in the first service. Two teenage girls, Ashley McCabe and Ella Lundquist, were baptized. So if you see them or their families, congratulate them this morning. Hey, we're starting a new sermon series here on Sunday morning called Just Stop It. Okay, and we're talking about things in modern society that we just need to stop. We're going to be looking uh, over the next five to six weeks from Genesis 1 through Genesis 11 uh, for the background of our sermon series. And we're going to start over in Genesis chapter 1 at the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1. Anybody here ever stayed at an Airbnb? You all need to travel more. I I, I don't know. Airbnb is kind of a new thing that just came out where you can actually stay in someone's home or apartment Uh, while you're on vacation. We did it for the first time when we visited our kids out in Los Angeles. Stayed at a super nice apartment. The people were very friendly. It was cheaper than a regular hotel room. Just had a great experience staring at an an Airbnb. But that wasn't always the case. Just a couple of weeks ago in Calgary, Canada, there was a couple, Mark and Star King, who rented their very nice house out to two couples uh, for a weekend. They'd come in for a wedding, and when they showed up on Monday, this is what they found. Their home had totally been trashed. Uh, here's another picture here. Seventy-five dollars to $100,000 worth of damage was done over the weekend at their home by the two couples that stayed there. Just unbelievable. What would even go through somebody's mind that you would do this? They ripped their big screen TV off the wall, jumped up and down on it until it busted it. They took all the toys out of their kids' rooms, ripped them apart. Uh, There were holes in the walls. The wood floors that they had had so much alcohol on top of them that they literally buckled uh, from the stuff that they were drinking. Seventy-five to $100,000 worth of damage. Who would do that to somebody else's stuff? It's almost unbelievable that that could happen. And yet what we're going to talk about today is that's exactly what we're doing to God's stuff. We are trashing the world that God has made, and uh, God's probably not any happier about it than the kings were when they came back to their home that day. We're going to look over into Genesis 1 and see our responsibility and how we're handling that responsibility when it comes to God's planet. And the first thing we see is this. It's all God's. He created it, and it's very good. It's all God's. He created it, and it's very good. Look down to verse 31 of Genesis chapter 1. It says, God saw all that he had made. Now, let's just stop there for a second. So everything that we have, everything that's in this world, it was all made by God. God saw everything he had made. If you've ever made anything from scratch, you've ever created something, you were probably very proud of what you created, whether it was very good or not. 
When I was in high school, I created a wallet in shop class. Unbelievable. I took a piece of leather. I cut the leather out. I got little stamps, and I stamped different designs that didn't match on it. Uh, I got the, the string and thread, and I, I sewed it all together. And it was probably the ugliest wallet you'd ever seen in your entire life. And I carried that wallet for two or three years until it finally fell apart because I made it. And I was very proud of it because I'm not a very handy person uh, at all. When my kids would have projects at school, they would say, what are we going to do? Mom's gone tonight and I've got this project and now I'm going to flunk. And I said, well, I'll help you with it. And they go, oh, my goodness. Or like one time my sister Karina's car broke down and my dad said, you know, go see what's going on and go get her. So I, I drove out to get her and I pulled up and she said, what are you doing now? We're both stuck. You know, so, so I'm not very good at that kind of stuff, you know. So I was very proud of the wallet I'd made. So God is the creator of this world. God looked at everything he had made. Genesis 1, 31. Go back to there again. It goes on. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. So this is God's world. It's God's creation. He made it all and he didn't just make it. He made it good, but not just good. He made it very good. So this is all God's very good creation. We are living in God's world. We are a part of God's good, very good creation. I wanted to read you some verses that point out this is God's world. Psalm 24 Verse 1 and 2 says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. So that doesn't leave much wiggle room, does it? The world and all those who dwell in it, he founded it upon the sea and established it upon the rivers. Psalm 89.1, the heavens are yours, the earth is yours, the world and everything that it contains, you created it. Again, no wiggle room there. Leviticus 25.23, the land should not be sold permanently, the land is mine. You were just alien and tenants upon it. You buy a piece of property and you think it's yours. This is my property. I own it. I got a deed to it. Well, guess what? You're going to die one day and your family's going to fight over what you thought was yours. And so this is all God's stuff. He made it. It's his. It's very, very good. So we go on from there. And the next thing that we see in our scripture passage is that God created a very good world, but there was one part of what he created that was especially important and was the crowning work of his creation. And what do you think that was? The crowning work of the very good thing God made is, it's you. Did you ever think that you were the crowning work of God's creation? How about when you get up in the morning, your hair not, isn't done, you got bed head and your makeup's not on, and you flip on the bathroom light and you look in the mirror, have you ever thought, man, there's the crowning work of God's creation. He spent extra time on this stuff, didn't he? He really did. But you are the crowning work of everything God made. Look down to verse 26. Verse 26 of our scripture passage. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Then down to verse 27. And so God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So people are the crowning work of God. We're told we are made in the image and in the likeness 
of God. Uh, one, of the, one of the commentaries I was reading is, is think of it as saying, you were a snapshot of God. So what's it mean that we were made in the image and the likeness of God? It's important because whatever it means is, it's different than anything else God created. Any of the other animals, anything that God created, is it, you are different than it because you were made in God's very image. Now, what it doesn't mean when it says you're made in God's image is it doesn't mean that you look like God. Oh, I guess God looks just like me. That's not what it means to be the, the image bearer of God. Now, what most people think the image of God means is that, that you were made in the likeness of God in that, that you are, have creative powers, the ability to know right and wrong, good and bad, and make decisions because of that. You behave in ways that only God behaves. That, that your ability to reason and rationalize and make moral decisions, and uh, all of those are something unique to people that we possess. We are the crowning work of everything that God made. We are the crowning work of all of God's creation. And both uh, in verse 26 and 27, it says God created mankind. This is talking about men and women both. Created in God's image, uh, created special by God, created very much to be the image bearers of God. Now, sometimes we lose that. Life can be very hard. It can trample us down. And we miss the fact that God created us special and for a reason. You know, I saw an interesting story in the paper this week out of Montreal, Canada. And it was talking about what they were doing to try to get homeless people off the street. You know, you think of people that may have been been beaten down by the world and no longer feel like image bearers. Uh, if, if you're a homeless person, this might definitely be where you fall into that category. And what they are doing is that they are trying to get homeless people to become beekeepers. I actually got a picture here of one of the guys uh, that got off the streets in, in Montreal. They're teaching to be a beekeeper. Now, that sounds pretty simple, and, and what's that got to do with anything? But it is having a dramatic effect on decreasing homelessness in Montreal. And do you know why? Because suddenly people are feeling like, I have a reason. I'm doing something that matters. I'm helping somebody else. Uh, I'm caring for these bees. And suddenly their self-esteem goes up and everything begins to change about them. Because you were created in the image and the likeness of God. So it's all God's world. He created it. It's very good. People are the crowning work of God's creation. So what are people supposed to be doing here uh, as image bearers of God when it relates? How do we relate to the rest of what God created? And that's the next thing we're going to talk about. God made you his special creation to be a manager and steward of the rest of his creation. We are supposed to take care of the world that God created. This beautiful, very good world that was made by God, we are supposed to be the ones that care for God's world. So in Genesis chapter 1, there's basically uh, several different steps of creation. And for us today, the three we're going to look at and talk about is, okay, God made the physical world that we live in, this planet, the plants, and, and all the vegetation, this world that we have. Second, he made the animals and the fish, and third, he made people. And we are to be stewards of all of those things, his special stewards. So look back, if you will, uh, to verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness, that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals over all the creatures that move along the ground. So the first thing that we're told is that we are to rule uh, over the animals and the other life that is upon this planet. 
Now, when you hear rule, what do you think? When you hear the word rule, do you think, okay, I'm in charge. I'm the dictator. All of you come and, and get yourself under me because I'm in charge. Is that what you think of when you think of rule? Well, if you so, you're thinking of a dictator. Uh, you're thinking of an abusive person. Rule indicates in and of itself taking care of something. God is the ruler of you and this planet. He's not here to abuse you and take advantage of you. He's here to do all he can to care for you with a benevolent rule. We're supposed to rule over the animals of this planet that we're told, the other life on this planet, but rule in a way that cares for it, not takes advantage of it. Then look down to verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over every living creature that moves upon the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the earth. Every tree that has fruit in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the birds of the field, uh, he basically does the same. So we're told two things. We're told that we are to rule over the, 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 the life that is on this planet. And in verse 28, we're told that we're to subdue the earth. Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Now, what's it mean to subdue something? Again, we get in our mind this idea of domination and dictatorship and control. I'm to subdue the earth. But what if you had a, a kid that was getting a little rowdy and somebody said, hey, subdue that kid. Does that mean you throw him in a, in a headlock and slap chains on him or something and, and put him over in the corner? No, you're supposed to get control of it. What we're told is we are managers of this earth and we're supposed to subdue the earth. We're supposed to care for what's there. So we are stewards of this planet, both the living creatures upon it and of the earth itself. We're to rule and to we're subdue what God has. Now, here's the problem. When we think we're smarter than God, things seldom work out the way that we want it to. Uh, it's when we follow God's ways that things work out. Anybody here see the, the three to three to five minute uh, little uh, video on the wolves in Yellowstone Park? Anybody see that? Yeah, several of you. It's an amazing video. If you haven't seen it, just go uh, Google wolves in Yellowstone Park. By about 1908, there were zero wolves left in Yellowstone Park uh, because people were smart. And what people figured out are this. Wolves are bad. Wolves kill things. And we need to get rid of all the wolves. So in Yellowstone Park, they hunted the wolves and killed them till there were zero left. And it had dramatic impact upon Yellowstone Park. Uh, the, there were areas where the deer became so prevalent and ate all of the vegetation and it was just becoming dirt. Uh, the, everything began to change. And so in 1995, like you see right here, they decided to reintroduce just a handful of wolves into Yellowstone Park. And everything changed almost immediately because the wolves ate some of the deer. The deer got spooked and began to go to places where they were safer. And then the grass began to grow back. And as the grass began to grow back, other animals came in. Coyotes came in. Birds flew in. It became one of the largest areas for the bald eagle overnight uh, as the landscape began to change. Beavers who had been gone from this area for 100 years suddenly began to show up again because of the presence of a few wolves. And because the beavers and what they did, literally, the park began to change its rivers. 
and they begin to flow differently. Erosion stopped. Yellowstone Park changed dramatically because of the introduction of a few wolves. We think we're so smart. But when we follow it God's way, we find out what a wonderful world God did create. And so what we see is we are to be managers and stewards of what God gave us. So how are we doing with that? When we look at we're managers of God's good world, how are we doing? Let's talk about that because people are responsible for God, to God for how we care for his good creation. We're responsible for God to how we care for his creation. Three things I think, again, we're responsible for. The planet that we live on, we're responsible for it. The other, the other living creatures on this planet, planet, we're responsible to them. And God's crowning work of creation, we're responsible stewards of that. How are we doing in those three areas? Because we're responsible for it. Now go back to the Airbnb thing I was talking about earlier in Calgary, Canada. Airbnb's got insurance. So these people are going to get some money uh, for that. So does that mean the people that trash the apartment are totally off the hook? What do you think? No. The police have been called in. Uh, There's an investigation. These people are probably going to have some very severe penalties for trashing this house because they were responsible for what they did inside the house. If you are a manager and a steward of God's world, not just mankind as general, it's easy to say, well, mankind does this. What about you as an individual? If you are individually responsible as a steward of God's world, how are you doing it? What's God going to say one day when he says, how did you take care of my stuff? So let's look at each of those three ways uh, as we close. And the first is we are responsible for how we care for the planet and the environment. We're responsible for how we care for the planet and the environment. Look down to verse 11. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, trees on the land that bear fruit with seeds in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees, bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw all that he had made, and it was good. So we see here the creation of this planet, the, the, the vegetation, all that grows and lives upon this planet. God created it and said it was good. We're told over again that we are to subdue the planet now. We're to care for the planet God has given us. How are we doing in caring for the planet God has given us? I just got back from Belize, uh, and we had a great mission trip there, by the way. But the first thing they told us when we got off, uh, the missionaries that met us, is they said, never drink any water that comes out of the tap or that anybody gives you. It's totally impure. One billion people upon planet Earth don't have pure water. Uh, And so they told us, don't brush your teeth with it. When you shower, don't let it go in your mouth because you will instantly get sick from the water that's there. So one day we'd had a long, hot day. I'm taking a shower. You know, the the cold water's hitting me because there was no hot water. And uh, as I'm standing there, and then suddenly I'm opening my mouth. I go, oh, I've got water in my mouth. And I'm spitting it out. They're going, it's the end of Chip Pendleton. Life as I know it is now over. I've got Belizean water in in me or something like that. And uh, that's there. One billion people on our planet don't have clean water. Here's a picture of an ocean in uh, India uh, that we see there. Look at the trash uh, that is there. Uh, Did you know 80% of human waste uh, in India is dumped directly into their water systems that they then bathe in and drink totally untreated? 80%. Worse than that, 41% of the fresh water in the United States of America is not 
fit to be swam in or to fish in. 41% of the water in our own country. So what's God going to say one day when he shows up and he says, why did you trash my good stuff? I created it very good and this is what you did with it. Do you think there's no ramifications for that, for people, for the way that we have cared for God's world? Over and over again, God takes this planet and the world we live in as serious. He made it. How would I have felt when I was holding that great little wallet I made if somebody had ripped the wallet out of my hand and torn it up? It would have made me mad because I made that wallet. We're trashing God's good world. How serious is God about it? Well, God has several different laws that, that talk about caring for the world. And one of them was crop rotation. And, uh, you know, we're just getting around to that, that today and thinking we're so smart. Well, God talked about it in the Bible. Every seven years, the land was supposed to lay fallow and you weren't supposed to work it. So the land could, could build itself back up and regenerate itself once every seven years. Now, that's, that's a big deal, right? Okay, uh, God, thank you for that law. How serious did God take that law? Go back and read the last uh, chapter of Second Chronicles when Israel is, is sent into exile to Babylon. And you know how many years they stayed in exile? Seventy years. You know why they stayed 70 years in exile? Because God tells them for 490 years, you ignored my law that I told you to care for this planet. And so you will be in exile for one year. Every year it should have been laid fallow. 70 years you're going to be in exile. God took it very very seriously. We're trashing God's planet. We need to just stop it. There's a second part of that, though. We're not just to care for the environment and God's planet uh, that we have. We are also responsible for how we care for other living creatures on this planet. We're responsible for how we care for other living creatures. Look down uh, in our scripture to uh, uh, verse 24. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kind, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, wild animals according to their kind, and it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kind, the livestock according to their kind, the creatures that move along the ground according to their kind, and God saw that it was good. So we're told we're supposed to rule over the animals that God made, that he made good. So God made them good. We're responsible as stewards to rule over them. Now, we are told later that after the fall that we can use things for our own good and benefit, but we're not to abuse the good that God has created. There's all kinds of laws uh, about not, you know, uh, taking care of our animals and, 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 uh, and not abusing them over and over again. We see these kinds of things in Scripture. We are responsible for how we care for other living creatures. Do you know in 1800 in the United States, there were 20 to 30 million buffalo? 20 to 30 million buffalo in 1800. In 1880, there were less than 100. From 30 million to less than 100 in 80 years. How did it happen? This is how it happened. We literally hunted the buffalo to extinction in 80 years. Now, what's God going to say one day when he says, I am a great, I am a great creative God and I made this majestic creature and you not only abused it, you hunted it to extinction. And you think that there is no ramifications to that? We're to care for the good that God has provided us both in creation and in the animals that he has given us 
to love and to care for them. I remember when I pastored in Owensboro, a lady one day uh, at a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night said, I know this is a stupid thing to bring up during a prayer meeting, but my cat died and I'm really upset. Then she started crying. Then another lady said, my dog died last week. Pretty soon people started talking about animals that have died. The whole room is bawling in five minutes. And I said, people, we talk about church members that die every week and nobody cries. But somebody's cat dies and the whole room's blubbering in five minutes. Why is that? Because we do know that these are special creations that are to be cared for. It's just a part of it. So God says we are to care for, we are responsible for how we care for his good creation. And then finally, we're responsible for how we care for other people. We're responsible for how we care for other people. If people are the crowning work of God's creation, if we are made in God's image, then we're responsible for how we care for people. And that goes from the macro to the micro. So you can say, okay, I see that people don't value life when I look at the city of Louisville and I see the murder rate. There's no way that you can have the number of murders we're having in the city of Louisville and think anybody cares at all about human life that's out there around us. So we say, okay, that's an obvious. Or when you have an ISIS bomber that walks into a concert full of teenage girls and blows himself up and tries to murder as many teenage girls as he can, man, there's no respect for human life at all in that. But how about when you get down to a different level? How about just the way you treat people? Do you treat people with dignity and respect and honor? Do you know how many scriptures there are about caring for the handicapped and the disabled and the elderly and the poor? Go back and read the scriptures and see scriptures that talk about bigotry and prejudice and and the way that we hate other people. And then go back and read 1 John and John says, hey, how can you say you love God and you hate your brother and sister? One cannot love God and hate that which God has created. The crowning work of his creation. And so we are responsible then for how we treat people. One of the big things uh, in the Louisville area is human trafficking. Did you know that when it comes, and there's some very alarming stats they can see here on human trafficking. One of the, one of the places in the world where sex slavery is seen the largest is during the Kentucky Derby in Louisville, Kentucky. It is one of the number one times it happens. Sex slaves, young girls have been brought in just to have their bodies used and abused. And do you know the average age of the sex slaves that are brought in during the Kentucky Derby? 12 to 14 years of age. Now think about this for a second. A 12-year-old girl being continually raped. And one day people are going to stand before God. And he's going to say, this is the crowning work of my creation. What is wrong with you? I wouldn't want to be in that place when I stood before God. We are the crowning work of everything that God made. And the way we care for people makes all the difference in the world. So what have we seen today? What we've seen is that God has created a world that's very good. And then he created you. And you were the centerpiece of everything God made, the crowning work of God. You were made in God's image and in God's likeness with abilities to reason and make decisions between right and wrong that nothing else in creation has the ability to do. And then God takes you as special creation and says, man, I'm putting you in my very good world. And I just want you to take care of it for me. 
You can use it for your own good. You can do all that you can to take advantage of the things that are in it. I want you to live in this good world and to use it. But I also want you to take care of it for me. And one day we're going to have to stand before God and answer, how did we take care of the world that you have given us? And we've seen that too many times we're not taking very good care of it at all. So what do we need to do? Let me sum it up. Just stop it. Okay, stop it. Stop doing the things we're doing. Appreciate what you have here. This is an unbelievably complex, intricate, marvelous world. And God's put it at your fingertips to use and to care for. And if all we did was to realize that and to care for the world in which we live, to care for the animals in the world and to love other people, then we'd be living in the kind of world God wanted us to live in to begin with. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for your tremendous love for us. Thank you for this wonderful, wonderful world you've given us. Help us, Father, to be good stewards of what you've given. In Jesus' name, amen. hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.